Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Sometimes I climb so far, only to backslide. Lord, I may be sliding back, but I will not abandon yourself. Can we show the picture quickly? This is on Sunday morning at Rivers of Life. This is Glory of God Church, their core team. Worship team in Glory of Church in Nakhon Batom. Pastor Da is dancing. People were worshiping. Only four. Okay, thank you. Just to see what's going on there. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I just prepared this sermon yesterday because of the hurricane situation. I believe that we all need to hear this sermon, which comes from the book of Psalm, chapter 23, verse 4. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 23, 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word, for your promise. I believe, Lord, that you never lie. You, you do what you say. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that your people will hear this message under the anointing of God, and their life will never be the same. They will be changed, Lord. They will have more faith. They will be stronger in their spirit. They will depend on the mighty power of God in their life, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you that if you have never had any dark days, any down days, or gloomy valleys in your life, you will never grow mature. And you will never, never know about yourself. God allows dark days, the shadow of the dark valley to come in in order to show you that who you are, what composed you to be like you. You will not never know that you are short-tempered until you face something. You will never know that you lack faith until you face difficulties. Life is a mixture of pain and pleasure. Life is a mixture of victory and defeat, of success and failure, of mountaintops and valleys. It takes both good times and bad times to make you a mature person in Christ. Amen? So today, we're going to go look at Psalm 23, verse 4. The God's light for in the dark valleys of your life. When I read the word, the word valleys, I remember I went to um, Grand Canyon a couple of times thinking about a canyon. But this valley is very narrow and very steep and deep that the light cannot, the sunlight cannot shine into the bottom of the valley unless 
Only when it's noon time that the sunshine can come straight down. Otherwise, the sunshine will not go into the bottom of the valley. This is what we are talking about: the shadow of this dark valley, the valley of the shadow of death. And King David wrote this scripture to show us how we can handle the dark valley, the dark shadow, or the shadow of the dark valleys of our life. Actually, whenever the Bible talk about the word valley, it means rough times. Like in the book of Joshua, chapter seven, verse twenty-six, Joshua talk about the valley of trouble. In Psalm eighty-four, verse six, King David talk about the valley of weeping. In Hosea chapter two, verse fifteen, Hosea talk about the valley of trouble. And in the Hebrew language, the word Valley in Psalm 23 verse 4 it means the valley of deep darkness. But before I talk about how we can depend on the light of God in the dark valley, I would like to talk about the characteristic of valleys first. Dark valleys. There are five things that you need to understand so that you will not be surprised, so that you will not be shocked, so that you will be prepared. Number one that I want to talk about is. Number one, valleys or rough times of your life are inevitable. Everyone say inevitable, unavoidable. John chapter sixteen verse thirteen. I have told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. There are going. This thing going to happen. Dark valleys of your life will come. Some of you just come out from it. Some of you are in it right now, and some of you are heading into it soon. I'm not trying to tell you bad news, but we all face dark valleys. Dark valleys happen throughout our life, one after another. You know that every mountain top, the next to mountain top is a valley. So after you get victory, the valley may come. The difficult time will come. It's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. I just got one in Bangkok. We face a short glimpse of dark valley in Bangkok. Can I tell you a story? On Tuesday morning, we went on a taxi to make Thai passport. So we went to a, a big shopping mall in Bang Na, and we talk in the taxi. After we got our taxi, we walk another 20 minutes up to the fifth floor of the parking lot of that uh, that uh, shopping mall. When we walk into the line to get the number for making passport, Pastor Da told me, "Oh, oops, we forgot the bag of our passport and all the documents in the taxi. My legs almost buckle, not under the power of God, but under excite, under despair." My face look pale because they're gonna fly that night, and all the passport were gone in the taxi. And you know, in Thailand, taxi is not like in America. You can call the center and say, "Oh, this man, you know, find you." There's no way ten ten million people in Bangkok. This guy was gone right away. We grab one another hand and begin to exercise Psalm twenty three four. We are in a dark valley. We need to go home. We need a passport. We need the, all the document, including my dad's 
house registration you know in Thailand this very important ทะเบียนบ้าน the house registration paper if you lost it it's trouble because it proves that you are Thai citizen we grab hand and pray in Jesus mighty name we command this bag to come back today supernaturally we all sitting on a chair scratching our head don't know what to do we try to call police we we thinking should we go home should we what what and then that but the holy spirit tell us that we should sit there don't leave 20 minutes later after we find out we lost the bag a two person walk into the room point at us is this the person and hand it the bag and we like oh This is a miracle. You know what? In Thailand, they don't give you back back. It's gone. You may get it a week later with the maybe mail to you, or some people may look look and they don't see anything. They just throw on the ground. They don't care. But this lady went into the taxi, found our passport, and told the taxi driver, "You need to go back to that shopping mall. Find these people. They're in trouble. This is passport. And how can they know we are in what?" Part of the shopping mall, you know what I mean. This is big shopping mall, bigger than Bellevue Mall, much bigger than Bellevue, huge. But they found us in that room, walking. And she said, "I don't want any money. I just want to bless you." This Thai lady, we got it back. <sighs> so I came back home. I photocopy everything double now. So I learned one thing: if I travel, I need to have a copy in my bag somewhere somehow. <laughs> dark days, dark hours—about one hour sitting there, feeling that we are going through the shadow of this valley. Amen. There is a valley. Amen. We all have to go through. You are going to have to face some difficulties in life, disappointments, this discouragement. Disagreement, suffering, sorrow, sickness, frustration, failure, fatigue—it's a normal part of life. So everyone say, valleys are inevitable, unavoidable. Amen. Be prepared. Number two, valleys are unpredictable. You cannot plan it. You cannot schedule them. And it came on unexpected, and usually came on at the unexpected time. You notice that the flat tire happened when you don't expect. Is that right? You don't. You don't need any more problem, and then it came. The problem, more problem, come. Usually, valley came at the most inconvenient time of your life. So you could not. You cannot schedule it. It come when it has to come. Unpredictable. It's unpredictable. It just happened in Jeremiah chapter four, verse twenty. In Living Bible, say disaster follows disaster. In an instant, my tents are destroyed. An instant, my tents are destroyed. My shelter falls in a moment. It happened instantly. It happened unpredictably. Amen. So that's why we have to be well prepared. Yesterday, I asked one of my co-worker in the hospital. She is a. She used to be in active duty. I asked her if I want to prepare food in the car in my house in case earthquake. What kind of food I should buy? She gave me the name, 
and I'm thinking about preparing all the water and the food in my car and in my house now after this this disaster in New Orleans because we need to be prepared because we don't know when it's going to happen. And she told me that there is some kind of food in the military that you can keep for 20 years without any problem. They call MRE or something. Is that right? MRE. So, you know, we need to be prepared because it's unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen tonight. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We should do as a church, actually. Because it's in, in case something happened, at least we can feed people for a few days and we don't have to be hungry and, and thirsty. We should prepare as a church. I'm going to investigate this and try to prepare for the church. Church level. Amen? How many people think it's a good idea? Yeah. You, you get it, but you don't eat it. Just keep it in case. Number three, valleys are impartial. Valleys are impartial. Matthew chapter 5 verse 45 say, That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for He makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. In other words, no one is immune to valleys. No one is insulated from pain and sorrow. No one can go skate through life or flow through life problem free. Free. We all face problems. Everybody has problems. Good people, bad people face problems. Problems, trials, difficulties, disturbances, downtimes, depression doesn't mean that you are a bad person. Listen carefully. If you face problems, it doesn't mean you are a bad person. It means that you are a person. Amen. If you face disaster, it doesn't mean that you are an evil human being, but you are just a human being. Because the Bible says clearly that every human being will face good time and bad time. We are living in the sinful world. We are living in the world that our enemies want to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Amen. The first reaction when people face calamities or disaster is that, why me? Actually, you should say, why not me? I'm a human. I'm a hu- in a human race too. So I, we all face disaster and difficulty. Amen. Do you think you should be the only one in the whole universe that never faced tragedy? No, we all face tragedy. I lost my home two times by fire. Not the fire of the Holy Ghost, but the real fire. <laughs> two times my, my house got into fire. I couldn't get in, back into my house. Remember this, this is not heaven yet. One day we're going to be in heaven. And when we get into heaven, then there are no giants, there are no disasters, there are no natural calamities. But as we are living in earth here, we're going to face disasters sometime. Disappointments, whether you're good people or you're bad people, you all face it. Amen? So let's say the same, let's say valleys are impartial. They are in unpredictable. They are inevitable. Number four, valleys are, thank God, temporary. Temporary. First Peter chapter 1 verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. Everyone say, a little while. If need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Valleys have the ends 
of themselves. They don't last forever. They are not a permanent location. You remember King David say that even though I walk through, he said through. He didn't say I pinch, I put my house in that valley. He did not stay there. He just walked through, go through it. Thank God that the valleys of life are temporary. There is season to it. They don't have the dead end. There is like a tunnel. They are like a tunnel that you walk through to come out to the other end of the valley. Amen? So don't stay there. It will come to pass. Amen? Yes, our life is rough. It's tough sometimes. But thank God, the trials and hardship will stop one day. And then you go to the mountaintop. And then go again. Amen? And thank God that we all who believe in Jesus will not have to face that for eternity. Do you know that the difficulties of your life, even 70 years, 80 years, compared to eternal life in heaven, is minute. Nothing. One day you're going to be in heaven for eternity, and you will not be harassed or attacked by any problem down on earth anymore. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and walk with Him, your destination is heaven. So the trial and hardships on earth is temporary. Thank God. Amen. Therefore, don't get discouraged. Amen. The 70 years on earth, 80, how many people are going to live 100 years? 100 years on earth are insignificant compared to the thousands and millions of years in heaven. Amen. So if you're facing valleys right now, be encouraged because it's temporary problem. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 say, For our light and momentary troubles, everyone say momentary, just temporary, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Our troubles are short-lived. Amen. But our eternal glory in heaven will be there for eternity. And in fact, thank God that pain sometimes can be productive. The last one I want to say about valleys of life is that valleys are purposeful. Everyone say purposeful. First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 to 7, the Bible says again, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. My dear brother and sister, God has a purpose for you to go through the valley of despair, the valley of discouragement, the valley of defeat, the valley of sorrow, the valley of financial trouble, the valley of relational trouble, the valley of sickness and disease, the valley of disappointment. And rejection. It's, but they, they are temporary. They are not going to last forever. But thank God, even though they don't come from God, you know that our God is a good God. If you ask me, are those hurricanes from God? No. God, our God is not a destructive God. God never come and destroy people. 
Amen. God only gives good things to people. Those things come from the consequences of sin on earth, come from de- the devil. But God can take the wrong things and change it to be a blessing to people. Like what happened to Joseph. Amen. What is the purpose of God? Why God allow us to go through valleys of life? What happened to me in Bangkok? It's so clear that God is trying to do something with us. And that is the issue of faith. God wants to build our faith. Your faith will not be built up if you are sitting on the mountaintops and having a good time. Your faith will be built up when you are walking through the shadow of the valley of death. Amen. The, the faith will be built up when you are in troubles and you need to kneel down and you need to cry out to God for help. Amen. You are on your knees. You come face to face with God. You praise God. You, you really say, God, I believe you're going to get me out of this situation. Your faith will be built up. So every problem, every disaster, every valley of your life has a purpose. And that is to change you and to mature you. Do you know that God's primary concern is not your comfortable life? How many people know that his primary concern is not your happiness or your having comfortable life, nice car, nice house, a lot of money? No. His primary concern is redemption. Let me repeat one more time. His primary concern is redemption of mankind. That's why when one person attacked me and blamed me that I lay hand on people and people fall on the ground in the whole church, he said that this is not biblical. I say that when Jesus comes back, he's going to tell you it's not about theology. It's about God wants to come and set the captive free. God wants to come and set the captive free. It's about redemption. It's not about your high theology. You know how people put theology in the Bible? They count how many times happened in the Bible. If it happened only one time, it, it means it will never happen again. That is the statement of doubt. I believe that anything in the Bible can happen many times. We don't follow theology by counting the number in the Bible. Amen? Hallelujah. So God's con- primary concern is redemption. This time when I went to Bangkok and I cast out demons, God showed me something. God told me this. If these members of mine in the church are still bound by demons, they will not be good witness. So people will not get saved. But God allowed trouble to happen. God cast out demons. God, you you notice that the first command of the Great Commission is this. Go all over the world, Mark chapter 16. Go all over the world, preach the gospel to all the, all the creatures, and whoever believes will be saved, who don't believe will be condemned. And in my name, you shall cast out demons. Wow, the first command in the Great Commission. And then one day God spoke to me, why you have to cast out demons? Because if people who claim to be Christian, but still act weird, act wicked, because of demonic influence in their life, Non-believer will not believe in Jesus when they see all these believers. So the only way is to clean them up so that they will look different. Amen. Hallelujah. The same thing. God brings calamity. Not bring. God allows calamity to happen to you. Disaster to come to you so that your, your character will change. You will grow more. So then when people see you, they will say, Wow, thumb up to Jesus. These people are so joyful, still 
love God and happy in the time of hardship. Amen. I believe that what what happened on Tuesday, if it happened to us ten years ago, we would be just in bad shape. But we were so calm, and we just trust God that we're going to get our passport back. And when people around there saw that, and we they saw we pray in the middle of in the midst of hundred people, we stand there and pray out loud in Jesus' mighty name. We people look at us. This couple is crazy, huh? They pray in Jesus' name in front of people. And they all saw that I got the passport back. What a testimony. Amen. Amen. So God cares about the redemption of people in Bangkok more than my passport. Amen. A lot of people think about happiness. But God cares about holiness. God wants to cleanse you. God wants to use all these circumstances to change your character. Anyway, if you have holiness, you will be happy anyway. And that happiness will last for a long time. Amen. He wants to make you like Jesus. He wants to change you from glory to glory to glory. Let me ask this question. Has Jesus gone through rejection? Yes. So you are not better than the master. You're going to have to go through rejection. Did Jesus go, uh, did Jesus go through the temptation to be discouraged? Yes. You're going to have to go through the temptation to be discouraged. Did Jesus go through being misunderstood, maligned, criticized? Yes. If Jesus went through that, you're going to be criticized. You're going to be you know, attacked and, and talked bad about. Amen. So, valleys going to come one day. And don't be discouraged. It, will, it has a purpose to change you from glory to glory. Now, I'd like to wrap up this sermon with what we're going to do when we are walking through the valleys of the shadow of death. You may be going through the financial valley right now. Amen? You may be going through relational valley right now. For a while, Ben. Going to be for a while, <laughs> not right away. <clears throat> but whatever you're going through right now, I want to give you three principles according to the book of Psalm, chapter 23, verse 4. Let me read Psalm 23, 4 one more time. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Paul, uh, King David say, I will fear no evil. Actually, Christian should wear a T-shirt. No fear. Is that right? I fear nothing. That's what King David say as a Christian. You notice that King David say, I walk through. What does it mean, walk? He did not say, I run through. He did not say, I, like this, crumple and crawl through. He said, let me show you. He walked through. He just paced through the valley of the shadow of death. He just calmly, deliberately walked through without fear. That's what it means. He didn't run. You know when you're afraid of something, you run, is that right? But he say, he didn't say, I run through. He said, I walk through. 
I will fear no evil. The Bible, King David said, I will. What does it mean, will? It means a choice. And it's the act of will. I make a choice. My dear brother and sister, you make a choice to think negative. Or you make a choice to think positive. You make a choice to be discouraged. Or you make a choice to walk in faith. And believe that God is going to come through for you. It's a choice. It's the will. So the first thing is that refuse to be discouraged and fearful. You make a decision when you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You say, I'm going to walk calmly without fear, without discouragement. How can you do that? I believe that people without God will have a hard time doing that. But for us who has Jesus, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, that you may walk worthy, you see, walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen, everyone say strengthen, strengthen. with all might according to His glorious Power. Everyone say power. power. For all patience and long suffering with joy. How you can deliberately walk calmly through the, shad- the valley of the shadow of de- death by focusing and depending on the power of God. You don't have enough power to go through it yourself. Amen. You need the power. If you put two persons in the identical, in identical situation, one person may be blown away, but another person will be strengthened. One person may fall apart, but another person will be stronger than before. Why the second person is stronger than before? Because he can focus on the power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Savior. Amen. I never forget that every single evening in Bangkok, around 5 to 7 p.m., I began to talk to myself. How am I going to preach here? I feel nauseated. I feel so much jet lag. My brain doesn't work because of jet lag. But when I stepped on the stage every time, the anointing came upon me. The power of God came upon me. The nauseated feeling is gone. I was a new man by the power of God. All the tiredness was gone right at that moment. Suddenly it's gone by the anointing, by the power of the Holy Spirit. My dear brother and sister, human energy runs out. If you try to use your own energy to do things, it will be gone one day, the energy. Our stamina will not last forever. Human endurance has an end to it. But the power of God Never run dry. God is unlimited in His power. Therefore, you need to change the power source. Your power source is not in the book. Your power source is not in human being. The power source is Jesus Christ. You need to hook up to Him. You need to be filled with the fire of God. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with the Word of God and depend on the power of God all the days of your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. The power of God is available to everyone. But don't focus on the problem. If you focus on the problem, the problem looks like a big giant and you look like a grasshopper. 
But if you look at God and His power, He sits on the throne. He's a big God, so the problem will look like a grasshopper, and you look bigger than the problem. Amen. Hallelujah. Every time, look at God. Depend on the power of God. Number two, verse four say, "For you are with me. You are with me." Do you notice one thing? Let me open Psalm 23 in verses one to three. King David used third person pronoun. Look at what he say. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He, the third person, makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Look at verse four. He changed from the third pronoun, third person pronoun, to second person pronoun. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Not he anymore. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Another word. King David changed the situation from religion into relationship. Now, Amen. God does not only promise the power to help us, but God promised His presence. I I tell you one thing. People try to tell me to stop revival, laying on of hand, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for many years. People even tell me that don't do it on Sunday because it make people mad at you. The longer I walk in the power, the longer I walk in the outpouring, the more I'm convinced that God's people need to be touched by the fire of God. Because I notice that the presence of God make a big difference, change people's life. The presence of God changed my life. The key is not about bringing people to religion or to the law of the Bible. The key is to bring people to have face-to-face encounter with God, like Moses. Yeah. Yesterday, one sister told me this: that do you notice that because Moses met God face to face, that's why he performed so many miracles. Nowadays, thank God that it's not only Moses. You and me can meet God face to face and have His presence in our life. Like that email from that doctor from Phuket, she met God face to face, and her life has never been the same. God wants to produce many Moses in the world, and the key is to come into the presence of God and meet Him face to face. Amen. And you carry that presence everywhere, that cloud of anointing, that presence of God everywhere you go. I hope I can convince you. I hope that you will listen to me, hear me. That this is not about falling, about laughter, about shaking, about physical manifestation. It's about hunger to come into the presence of God and carry the presence of God and love the presence of God. Like what happened to Obed Edom in his house that he get the he obtained the Ark of the Covenant into his house and his house was blessed for three months. It's about loving his presence. A lot of Christians just love the law but don't care about the presence of God. I don't want to just marry the law of Da. I don't want to marry only her picture. 
That would be a nightmare to marry only the picture. I want her body to be with me in the in my house. The same thing. I want the person of Jesus in in my life. Amen. Is that Ron? Ron, will you marry only the picture of Ginny? No way. <laughs> Isaiah 43 verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you. Every single step, in the valley, you depend on the presence of God. You come, you get hungry and say, the presence of God is with me. You change the pronoun from the third person, he, to be you. It's about intimacy. It's not about religion. Amen. In verses 1 to 3, King David talk about God. But in verse 4, he was talking to God. Not about God anymore. In verses 1 to 3, he was talking about religion. God do this, God do that. But in verse 4, he talked about relationship with Christ, that Christ will help him. God becomes so real in the times of hardships. God becomes so powerful when you have his presence and walk in his presence. Amen? The presence of God is the key. God is with you. Last one, number three, in verse four. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. King David remind all of us that God's rod and staff, they comfort us. What is rod? Rod is a, both rod and staff are two instruments that the shepherd used in the old day to take care of the sheep. Rod is about two feet long, with a knot at the top. So when the animal like lions or wolf come to attack the, 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 the sheep, the shepherd is so well skilled to hurl or throw the rod against the animal, make the animal run away. So the same thing, the rod represents God's protection. God is defending you, God is protecting you Nowadays, we use gun. Do you know that in the old cowboy town, time, they call gun a rod. They don't call gun, they call a rod to protect. Gun is a sign of protection. God uses his rod to protect. Our God is not this kind of God that when you're, you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he just sits on the throne and smile and unconcerned about your life. No, he stands up and he looks and he's he helping you. You remember when Stephen was stoned, being stoned, the Bible said that Jesus was standing up from his throne and looked down with great concern. You remember? So the same thing. Our God is our protection. He will protect us through the end of that walk. How about, how about staff? Staff is a long stick with a crock on the end. So the shepherd will use that uh, staff to pull the, ch- the sheep into his lap. He would, use to, he would use that staff to pull the sheep up when the sheep fall down. So the staff represent what? Represent 
comfort or guidance. So when we are going through the valleys of life, we believe that God will protect and guide us day by day. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 34, verse 19, A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Let's say it at the same time. My God is my protection. He is my guidance. Amen. So we learn three principles here. That when you're walking through the shadow of the, uh, the valley of the shadow of death, number one, you should not be discouraged, but depend on the power of God. Number two, you remember that God is with you. And number three, you depend on His protection and guidance. But you notice know, one thing? King David talked about shadows. When I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I would like to end this sermon by talking about shadow a little bit. I believe that all of you have to go through some shadow times of your life, some tough time. There are three characteristics of the shadows. Number one, shadows are always, always bigger than the reality. Is that right? So your fear usually is bigger than the real problem. Don't focus on the shadow because it tends to look bigger than the real problem. Amen? Number two, shadows cannot hurt you. Is that right? The truck can hurt you, can hit you, but the shadow of the truck cannot hit you. The same thing. When you look at the shadow, no matter how, it, how big it is, don't be fearful because the shadow cannot hurt you. Number three, there is no shadow without a light somewhere. So when you're walking to the valley of the shadow of death, you see the shadow in front of you. Instead of looking at the shadow, you should look back and look at the light. Instead of focusing on the shadow, you are focusing on the light. Jesus said that, I am the light of the world. Look opposite way. Don't look at the problem. If you keep looking at the problem, you're going to get smaller and smaller and the shadow get bigger and bigger. But if you look at the light, the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't focus on the shadow anymore. My dear brother and sister, I want to encourage you. I know that the gas price has gone up. I know that the economy is quite difficult. If you look at the world, you will be distressed. If you look inside you, you will be depressed because you know that you cannot do much. But if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. It's your choice whether you're going to look at the light or you're going to look at the shadow. That's why a song say like this. Upon Jesus
know that some of your children are going through hardship right now, disaster and tragedies. People in the south part of America going through natural tragedies, Lord. Some of us here may be going through some financial difficulties, some family problems, a battle in the family. Father, but we are not going to look at a shadow. We're going to walk through this valley by putting our eyes on our Lord Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Father, we thank you, Lord. That even though we have to walk through the valleys of life like the non-believers, but the difference is not the absence of the shadow. The difference is the presence of the light, the presence of the Shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ in our life, Lord. Father, I pray that your people in this church will go through this. Valley with victory, and they will come out with more faith. They will come out with more glory. They will come out with victory. Yes, Lord. Sing one more time. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look for in his wonderful place and the things of the earth will go strange. Lead him in the Before the end of this service, I would like to encourage all of you. If you never know Jesus, you never have Jesus in your life as your personal God. I want to encourage you that Jesus loved you so much that He died for your sin, and not only He died to pay for your sin, He has the power to help you at the present time. He has the power to heal. Your finances. He has the power to heal your relationship. He has the power to heal your sickness. He has the power to remove evil and darkness out of your home and your life. What you need to do is to open the door of your life and say, "Jesus, I cannot help myself. I need you. Could you please come into my life right now? I want you to come in, and I will follow you." My dear brother and sister, I did that 25 years ago, and what I say, I have experienced that Jesus is so real, and He helps me all the way through, through all the valleys of my life. I like to encourage you to pray with me right now. Just bow your head and pray with me. Follow my prayers one sentence at a time. Remember this: Jesus loved you, and He wants to give you life. And give it more abundantly. 
pray with me, okay? Just make a decision to follow Jesus. Father in heaven, I am a sinner. I need your help. I have limited strength and energy. Oh, Father, you are my God. You send your Son Jesus Christ to die on the cross to pay for my sin. I receive this forgiveness. Jesus, forgive me. Set me free, Lord, and help me. Jesus, come into my life right now. Give me hope, peace, victory, and joy. From today on, you will be my shepherd. You will guide me. You will help me. I give my life to you, Jesus. Right now, take me, Lord. Guide me. Give me victory in every valley of my life. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah! Congratulations that you give your life to Jesus. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're gonna receive love offering for people, the refugees of Hurricane. You can write a check to our church, New Hope International Church, and we put all the money together and send to the organization or to the church to help the needy and the refugees. And at the end of the service, if any one of you need to be prayed for, if you feel that you need to be set free from any bondage. Or any things in your life, I'm gonna be here for a while to pray for you. I will lay hand and believe God for for the miracles in your life. Hallelujah. Get to tell one story. <clears throat> Our ex-member went back to Bangkok, and she has been attacked by headache for three weeks. She planned to see a doctor on Tuesday. The headache was so bad that she could not function. She came to our meeting on Sunday. She got lay hand on. God touched her, and she after that the headache was completely gone. 
and never come back again. You see, our God is still the healer. Our God is still deliverer. God still want to remove sickness and disease and demonic power in your life. Because some of you may be sad right now. Some of you cannot have joy in your face. Maybe God want to touch you and change you today. Some of you may be tortured and harassed by the devil. One of our sister here, I don't know if she's here or not. She came to our church, got saved, but for months and months she heard the voice, the noise in her house, the devil walking around the house all the time. On November we cast the demon out of her, and since then she never heard that noise again. She never saw any evil spirit in her house anymore. I don't know if she is here or not, but it's real. God can set the captive free. What we need to do. Is to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, could you help? Please help me. I want to be set free. I need your help. Some of you may have a bad dream all the time. Some of you may have dirty picture in your mind. The enemy attack you with pornographic picture. Some of you may be addicted to pornography, to bad things. God can set you free. Don't be addicted to those things. God can clean you. God can help you. Amen. You don't need to live in a bad dream every day. You don't need to live in defeat every day. Jesus can set the captive free, and He come to destroy the power of the enemy. Amen. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Father, help your people in this church. Help them, Father. Those who come today as guests, reveal yourself to them. Help them, heal them, set them free, save them and their family, Lord, to come into the kingdom of God. I bless them, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Yes, Lord, bless them. Bless their family. Bless their husband. Bless their wife. Bless their children. Bless everyone in their home, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May God bless you. Uh, if you, some of you want me and Pastor Da to pray for, I will, I will wait here for a while. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongue, I will pray for you too. Amen. Hallelujah! I like to pray for you so that you'll be filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah! May God bless you. The service is over, except those who want to be prayed for. Hallelujah! We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at two zero six. 275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org You may also write to us at the following address New Hope International Church 9170 Southeast 64th Street Mercer Island, Washington 98040 Thank you very much Rocky, Rocky.